0: This episode is supported by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. Crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories, Seedlip spirit solved the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever. Because as a non-drinker, it never feels good when your only options are water, soda, or sugary mocktails. So now you can skip the booze without feeling left out when it comes to your social life. Whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers drink for every type of drinker. It's crafted using a bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation of botanicals. And each of Seedlip's three variants, which are Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grow 42, are alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so perfectly with just a splash of tonic. But they can also be used to make more complex cocktails, and you'll find those in the Seedlip Cocktail Book or on their Instagram account at Seedlip underscore N-A. So head on over to seedlipdrinks.com or .ca and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 for 10% off your favorite non-alcoholic spirit. This is available in Canada and in the US. And again, that is seedlipdrinks.com and thisfamilytree10. Hello everyone, I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane. We are so glad that you could join us for Happy Hour on this Family Tree podcast, episode 130. We made it. We made it. You know what's funny? Every time I'm like, oh, we're 130 episodes in. But then I look at our catalog and we're like 250
1: episodes. We have a wild catalog, folks, of stars, people of all walks of life. Go check it out. Get into the back catalog if you just started listening. So,
0: regular episode 130, which is still phenomenal, and we've got an interesting episode tonight. I interviewed Dawn Barclay. So, she's the author of the upcoming book, Traveling Different, Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse.
1: So I'm inflexible.
0: And you may be neurodiverse. Yeah. But this is for parenting, and I mean... We don't have a neurodiverse child, but Lucy and Betty are both inflexible (laughs) and anxious at times. If you
1: have ADHD, are you neurodiverse? Yes. Okay. I probably am then, for sure.
0: Yeah. So it was great to talk to Dawn because she had a lot of strategies for this. So if you do have a child that is neurodiverse, she is a wealth of information. Isn't Uh, it
1: neurodivergent? Isn't that the more normal? Neurodivergent.
0: No, I've only heard neurodiverse. I've heard of the movie Divergent.
1: Neurodivergent. Okay
0: it's the same thing i guess yeah but she was she was so helpful in just offering strategies to parents of any kid who is kind of inflexible as all kids are so i really think it's an awesome episode to listen to and timely because we go away next week but shane before we get into that cheers baby we got a seed lip sour made with non-alcoholic seed lip garden Oh,
1: that's sour And refreshing and delicious. (laughs)
0: Well, I thought it was good because we were at a wedding, our first wedding in two years on Friday night. And we were doing uh, whiskey sours.
1: Yeah. Well, that was that. So it was my birthday on Thursday. Lucy's birthday also. We went to a movie theater. We drank some absinthe. I was drinking beer throughout the day. I had wine for lunch, which I Mm -hmm. typically don't do. So I was a little tired the next day. Oh, yeah. But then it's a wedding. It's an open bar. You're obligated to drink. Then I felt pretty tired the next day. And then last night was game seven. I'm trying to be social with my friends. Went to a pool party <laughs> in the morning and had a beer at the pool party. And then my mom had a little party for Lucy Birthday. and I. And then I went to the game seven. So needless to say, I'm a little tired right now. I'm, I'm not showing it, but uh, I am tired.
0: Shane, I feel like I feel good because I didn't go out last night. I was pool partying with you and the kids, but I went to bed early last night. But I feel so close to death. And <laughs> how tired I am. Truly. Now, like, that I'm seems
1: like an exaggeration. I was not expecting slightly,
0: that. Slightly, but I, I am so wiped. Like, I could sleep right now, and if I didn't have an obligation, wake up in, I don't know, 48 hours.
1: Yeah, I I feel you, but we got to make this podcast good. Well, we it's have- already good. How?
0: I think, you know, bantering about being tired,
1: that's something all parents can relate to. Yeah, but we got to be hilarious right Uh, now
0: putting on a lot of pressure but Shane
1: could you tell me a joke
0: you told me a funny one yeah say that
1: okay what I think I said last episode but what the hey what's a pirate's favorite letter (laughs) R you'd think it'd be R but it's the C that I love
0: (laughs) it's so dumb but it's so funny I think it's great
1: well last episode you were making fun of me for it now i don't know
0: i don't remember that but shane i want to know about your birthday you kind of went over what we did how is the birthday outcome because i get worried and i know you like to get the present beforehand i like to give the gift beforehand because you know we're both bad at like waiting we like to give each other things when they come in because we're excited but does it take away now that it's happened the days happen did it take away from the day to not have your big gift for me to open
1: no my gift was an Apple Watch, not an iWatch. I've been calling it an iWatch, and I've been getting criticized for that. But <laughs> From yeah, the Apple got, Watch I, community? Apple Watch. It's very sleek, cool, technologically advanced, stylish, very dad-like, too, to have an Apple Watch. So I was enjoying it. I liked getting it a week early, and it, it felt like I could get the steps I need in. Like I'm trying to yeah. take 20,000 steps a day. And yeah, it, it felt like it prepared me for the party to be- Oh, I like that on my feet and ready and feeling fit and free.
0: Okay, now, so we have Father's Day coming up soon, and I want to know what I do right on a party day and what I could do wrong. Because I think it's not just me in this situation, but it's anybody, a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, girlfriend, a whatever, or just a friend throwing a party from somebody else. There's a lot of pressure on the party thrower. And I want to know what I did right so I can repeat those things. And I want to know what I did wrong so ideally I can, you know... Keep the magic in the day.
1: You don't know how to make a coffee to save your life. (laughs) Like to save your life. You will screw it up a hundred times out of a hundred. I
0: made it perfectly. It was the wrong beans. The beans were bad.
1: So why would having bad beans be considered making it perfectly?
0: I didn't know we had bad beans. You were the one who was like, Alex, those beans are bad. If you knew, why didn't you throw them in the garbage?
1: Well, you can tell by just pouring it and looking at the coffee that it's weak. It's like a bean juice. Like when you gross. pour a coffee, it's supposed to look black. Yours look like water. So I always look at the coffee when I pour it. That can tell me right away. Also, you didn't put enough beans in the grinder.
0: I put so many in. I had too many beans in the grinder.
1: No, you, you Lucy has a poo poo. All right. Speaking I'm, I'm, of beans in the grinder.
0: <laughs> I'll take this one. <laughs>
1: late birthday gift. Alex is taking it. Okay, I'm gonna keep it rolling here.
0: That was horrific. She didn't even go on the potty. Usually she calls us up after she's gone on the potty. She just went in the diapy. Like that was another gift for me.
1: <laughs> Alex coming down with some stand-up comedy. Uh, here. It's
0: kind of shitty though.
1: Oh, you didn't even mean to. Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah. That's pretty good. Thank you. But yeah, back to the coffee. Okay. So besides the coffee stinking worse than what Lucy just dropped in her pull up, <laughs> it's late. The second you come down, you want that coffee in the hand.
0: I mean, it's late.
1: It's it's not early. When you walk out of the room, like on Mother's Day, boom, coffee ready. That coffee can stay at a really high temperature in the holder we have for Mm -hmm. hours. So you could theoretically make it at six, and it's just waiting for the person when they walk out. This is being hypercritical, but you're asking for it, right? You
0: came down at 826, and I thought after Mother's Day we agreed nine.
1: No, listen, I, <laughs> you and I have an agreement that every day you come down at nine. Mm-hmm. With me, it's not like that. That's not our normal ebb and flow. So you have to tell me when you want me to come Let down. Let
0: me tell the listeners, okay? I took the girls down across the city to get your favorite donuts. And have those waiting and then I was going to make the coffee and everything. But by the time we walked in, you were coming out.
1: Oh, just make the coffee first. That's, that's all. We're being hypercritical. You're right, saying, what did right, you right. do wrong? No, this is good. This what, is good. If you did nothing else, something feels special when the coffee's just ready. As someone who makes the coffee every day, I never have anyone make it for me. So to walk out and have it made would be very special. All right donuts were amazing granddad's donuts the best donuts in hamilton it actually got rated the best food in hamilton did it really yeah they did a, a few years ago they did a vote on what's hamilton's food and sadly donuts won <laughs> I remember
0: that. do you think is hamilton the springfield of real life
1: good call yes it is <laughs> but uh, yeah it's it's a nice city i Thanks. think i think it's a great city it's springfield yeah um but okay, what else did you do terribly wrong? And I'm asking for the good things too. Okay, good things. Everything else was good. You're, you you good the house, so clean. Walking down like looking like it's Taj Mahal.
0: See, doesn't that feel nice when you come down, and there's a clean house?
1: Am I saying that right, Taj? Ta- yeah. Okay. I'm never <laughs> confident saying that. But yeah, it, it looked great down here. Um backyard looked great. The balloon display, you know how to decorate, you know how to be neat when you want to. For me, I can't be neat. When I want to. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you can be neat. You are capable deep down inside. I'm impressed by that. So I felt like I was in a different home. Nice. Like the way we keep our house, it was like a different universe. (laughs) (laughs) And the backyard was beautiful. The way you prepped in advance to hire people to clean. You hired my sister. Yep. Who, much like me, is, is kind of a disorganized cleaner. But she gets the job done.
0: She gets the job done.
1: And... What else did you do? You did so many things. Uh, renting the movie theater, the way we did that, lunch the, in the convertible. Oh, the, lunch in the convertible. Somehow you planned the weather to be perfect on my birthday. The You're last welcome. two weather days have been immaculate. And you drove me in a your dad's awesome Jag to this awesome winery.
0: If you live anywhere locally, the Good Earth, Good Earth Winery is like phenomenal. They have a great menu
1: yeah it was it was just a fabulous day. Not that I used that word ever, but it was fabulous
0: That makes you know that makes it feel even better because I don't think I've ever heard you say that word.
1: Well, it might be a word I start throwing around a little <laughs> bit more if I keep getting treated like this
0: uh, to get the fabulous side of Shane I'm in. Um now, I want to talk just general, like not that I need to get anything off my chest, but what is?
1: Seems like you might have to get something off your chest right now. <laughs>
0: this is more of a date night question okay what is one thing that happened this week that was very annoying that i did and what is one thing this week that i did that made you fall slightly more in love with me
1: i don't know just treating me the way you did on my birthday and lucy and everything and organizing that made me feel a special kind of way i think we already covered it the the coffee thing was a little irksome (laughs) Because you always tell I got the coffee thing from you Mm -hmm. because one Mother's Day three years ago, let's say you said, Shane, if I just have a pot of coffee waiting for me, I'm happy. And you you made it really low stakes. And I was thinking, oh, she's just playing it. The coffee's not really that special. Then I realized the coffee is more special than I think anyone realizes. And that's the smallest touch. And it just makes you feel like a king or a queen.
0: You know, especially when you're making it at home. Because if you can wake up, you know, like wake up and smell the coffee so silly, such a silly saying. But if you wake up and you smell fresh coffee being brewed in your house, and we like to get flavored coffee. So, like, we wake up and smell fresh English toffee coffee in it- <laughs> it is the nicest thing to wake up to and it's almost like it doesn't matter how tired you are you just get a little pep in your step and
1: even pour a coffee for yourself maybe yeah to test it You're like <laughs> is this coffee terrible shitty bean water yeah would no, be the absolutely. first sip I, i'd be like oh okay this is terrible
0: do you want to hear my things
1: Oh, yeah, of course. That's what this whole question was made for.
0: All right. My thing that made me fall in love with you even more. So there's two things. Our movie night, when I rented the theater for your birthday so lovingly, uh, you and I watched Moonstruck. We left it up to the guy, the, the theater tech. and We, we he, gave him
1: four DVDs and he picked at random and he picked Moonstruck. Yep. And
0: that was just so fun. And I loved like joking with you and laughing with, that, with you throughout the whole movie. I just thought it was so special and it's such like a romantic movie. So it made me feel nice and close to you and you were just being, you know, all loving. What but also hate? earlier that day. On your birthday, so like you're in the birthday glow, and it's also Lucy's birthday, and we had a party for her with a bunch of her friends, and you were right in the party, and you were like throwing paper airplanes, making giant mm. like person-sized bubbles, and yeah, I was just right in there playing mm-hmm. with the kids, and it was adorable.
1: Yeah, I like, I like playing with children.
0: Yeah, no, it was like <laughs> <laughs> it was super cute to watch, and the annoying thing that oddly happened twice uh, this weekend twice this weekend which is like we heard you crazy um you change the garbage like you'll take a full garbage out of the garbage canister do you know what i'm about to say what don't you do after you do that step
1: well okay as someone who's never changed the garbage criticizing okay (laughs) let let me just i'm processing this i i put it off to the side
0: no, you don't put a new garbage inside. So now, two times, I've realized oh my God, I'm just throwing like food into a canister with no bag in it. And then today I had to really get in there and clean the bottom because there was like sour cream and chunky cereal that had been sitting too long in the milk and all this crap in there.
1: Oh, I've got something that annoys me about you. <laughs> what? Not looking in a garbage before you throw things in it. And this is even if there is a bag in there, the garbage, if it's just a little bit too high Mm -hmm. and it should be changed, since you wouldn't change a garbage, you you just be like, oh, let's play some balancing game where I'll put (laughs) an inside out yogurt lid with the disgusting yogurt face there. And yeah, I'll just top it off and someone else will change it. Who? I don't know. Someone else always seems to change the garbage. It's me.
0: And you know what else you do with the garbage? What? you'll take when we're cooking or something during the week you'll take the meat thing first of all you just put the meat thing on the counter get salmonella everywhere i never put it on the counter you put the meat thing on the top of the garbage and then it hits the lid when it comes down salmonella town
1: but it's garbage
0: yeah, but it hits the lid of the garbage can.
1: Well, garbage should be known that it's garbage. So all the other garbage should be... I'm telling people, don't eat this garbage.
0: Yeah, but isn't the salmonella going to crawl from under a lid to the top of the lid? Just a salmonella colony?
1: I hope not. But I put the garbage, which is the packaging, in the garbage. <laughs> and because you let the garbage pile so high, because you're never changing it, you're creating this salmonella cacophony.
0: But you're so much stronger than me, babe.
1: I know that, but the garbage.
0: this incompetence. I
1: get what you're doing, but I, it is a fact that I am stronger than you, and I could beat you at an arm wrestle easily.
0: Get out of here! I, I know
1: that makes you mad, your competitive <laughs> side. But you could change a garbage in extreme moments.
0: I do. I definitely do.
1: If you had to say lifetime, <laughs> lifetime. Here. What? How many times our our life together? How many times have you changed the garbage? Thirty whoa yes that is a blatant lie it's
0: not you're lucky i didn't go over and say 50 50 (laughs) yeah shane we have like three full bags a week with all the diapers our kids poop out
1: and you think you're doing one out of every three bags
0: no but we've been together for seven years right
1: okay all right so
0: what's what's the math there
1: so you're doing basically one every three weeks. No. Hmm. <laughs> okay, that seems a little bit more. I guess no. So we've been together for six years. So you're doing, no, seven,
0: we, married for six.
1: Okay, we've had a garbage for six together. Um, right. You're doing one every six weeks.
0: All right, a sure. bag. I
1: can live with that. Okay, that's correct.
0: <laughs> See, I'm trying to be honest.
1: I still don't think, I still think you're overdoing it, but okay.
0: Not at all. I think I'm underdoing it. Here
1: nor there. This is just how petty we can get. Great game to play. I think we should have it every week.
0: I think it's good too. Uh, Now, I want to ask you just a couple more random questions. Let's get to know each other, Shane. It's only been six years after all, seven. Okay. What would people judge you for watching? So, like, do you have a guilty pleasure TV show or thing that's more than like a guilty pleasure and just like so kind of embarrassing
1: i don't know cringe compilations no um uh, like Like what's
0: that like when people like are skateboarding and then they like get sacked
1: no if if somebody's sweating on live tv or farts on air (laughs) i guess (laughs) that's that's not embarrassing oh uh interrogation videos oh okay um I don't know. I'm trying to think of the most embarrassing stuff. It, it probably, I'm YouTubing weird things, like weird things about life. Like, I don't know. Weird things that people know, like how to enter a room and say hello. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> things like that i YouTube. <laughs>
0: That's embarrassing. That's funny. Yeah.
1: Like I'm trying to, th- it's, it's not as bad as that, but I will YouTube things.
0: So like, how do you walk into a room and say hello?
1: I just kind of sheepishly walk in and then... I notice I start peeing my pants a little bit and then (laughs) I have to go to the washroom and clean up.
0: (laughs) Do you go with a hi, hello, or hey?
1: Well, since I usually have to go to the washroom because I have nerves, I ask people, I say, if you were a toilet, where would you be right now? And then they laugh and they go (laughs) right around the corner.
0: I need to confirm this. I've heard Shane use this line like dozens and dozens and dozens of time in public, at parties, everywhere.
1: It's a really funny way to throw some disarm someone <laughs> if you just say it totally straight and polite because people are used to you know if you were a glass where would you be and then it's like right the typical mom thing but if if you go excuse me if you were a toilet where would you be and then they're just like oh uh and they can't help but laugh because they can't tell if you're messing around or serious and they direct you to the, to the toilet.
0: See, I like this because it, it took the what embarrassing thing do you watch and turned it into the what embarrassing thing do you say or funny thing. Yeah, but I, I get that, and I do know that you are like that. Um, I was thinking about this because I saw I don't know something flashed up, like a meme or something, and it was from The Dark Crystal. You know that movie? It's like Is the Is that puppet. like Jim
1: Henson movie? Yeah.
0: So there was a set. The Dark Crystal came out ages That's ago. That's not the
1: one with David Bowie. That's Labyrinth.
0: Right? La, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark Crystal's all puppets. So the first one came out ages ago. Like I'd watch it in high school, you know. Some of the people we hung out with were like stoners, even though I wasn't. Uh, and they were like, oh, let's watch Dark Crystal. And then we would. But another, like the second part or a pre, the prequel to the original came out when we first moved in this house. So when Lucy was like one. And I don't even know if I ever told you about it, but I watched that season. Like, I watched that show like crazy. And then I was staying up late with Lucy, right? Breastfeeding her every night. And I was on every Dark Crystal Forum, like reading into the history of the characters and the show and like feeling emotional about it. It was so ridiculous. It was so embarrassing. It was stupid. It's a puppet show.
1: I'll click on links that are saying things like, Want to see how Diane look? Diane Lane looks now? You'll never believe it, which is obvious clickbait, but I'll still get sucked into it. And I work in media. I know all this
0: and it works on me. I'm like
1: an 80 year old woman going down weird rabbit holes when I could simply just Google. What does Diane Lane look like now? But I go through like the 38 click throughs. That's embarrassing.
0: That is embarrassing. No, it happens to the best of us.
1: And she always looks great. It's a trick. They'll do some weird Photoshop to make it look like something weird has happened to her. And then it's just like, she's beautiful. Shocking. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and lastly, what do you think is the sexiest song ever? You and I were at a wedding, as we said on Friday night. Yeah. and
1: So easy this question. Well,
0: I I was just thinking cuz it was interesting because the crowd there they were really young like in their early 20s. And zero sexy music was played. They were all really it was interesting. They were all so into like 80s pop rock.
1: They're theater children though.
0: I and I guess that's why. But zero sexy songs being played, nobody was getting down on that dance floor in a sexy way.
1: No, the, they're theater people though. I think some you don't of them think, might have been Christian-y.
0: You don't think theater people like to get freaky? I've seen the, the freakiest theater people.
1: They're closet freaks. All right. You can't get freaky on the dance floor.
0: Well, says theater people. Yeah. But what do you think? Because I was saying, I'm like. It's easy. If well, I- on the
1: count of three, we have to be able to say this. Okay. I'm going to look at you and try to harness something here. Okay. Uh-oh. One, two, three. Baby. Pony. What would you say?
0: Oh, Pony's great. What would you say? I said baby.
1: Baby? Yeah, Ever Donnie s- and
0: Joe Emerson.
1: Oh. Baby. I thought we're talking about like raw sexual emotion.
0: No, if we are, Pony by Genuine is the one.
1: That's so obvious. It's like so I'm good. I'm gyrating, thinking about it. <laughs> the base will, if you're a man, get you up somehow. Like, it's just... The song, like, physically will move you.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. See, that should have been my request. I did Nelly's Hot in here, which I gets me moving. But I think Pony may have gotten the theater crowd over to the funky side.
1: Yeah. That song doesn't need words. It just needs... Boom. Bon, bon. And all you picture is that guy who's ripped. Who's
0: genuine? Genuine.
1: <laughs> Specifically. I used to think his name was Genuine, by the way.
0: <laughs> well, people think you say genuine, genuine. People get those confused. Like, mm. we know very intelligent people who have said, like, oh, I was just trying to be genuine. And they said, I was just trying to be genuine.
1: Like, I've you've never heard, heard that. that. Yes, you have. Maybe my mom or sister would say that.
0: Bleep man. this name, Erica. <laughs> That's how she says Genuine. Oh. She says genuine. Oh. I think growing up in that era when he was popular, people are learning the English language. R- wires got crossed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the people are learning. They- these people are born in Canada. No,
0: but they're, you know, expanding their vocabulary as teens, I guess. Looking she in the would- thesaurus.
1: Okay. She would have been like 20. Well. Okay. All right. Beep the name.
0: But Shane, let's go into our interview with Don Barclay.
1: Let's do it. But before we do it, let's let everyone know who we are supported by.
0: We are supported by the Miku Pro Smart Baby Monitor. This is the most accurate sleep and breathing monitor ever.
1: Yes, it is. It's like having Jackie Chan protect your child at all times.
0: I like that analogy. And they get there by using sensor fusion technology. So this is like, you know, high up, military grade, amazing technology that works with your smartphone to alert you of changes to your baby's vitals and nursery conditions. The best thing about it is that there's no physical contact with your baby. So your baby's not wearing a sock. It's not wearing a a chest strap. I've seen those around. It's not
1: wearing a helmet.
0: (laughs) Some do at nighttime, I think. But it really is incredible technology and it works so quickly. I really have a lot of trust in it. Plus, they use crypto security, so there's no hacking. Sorry, nerds. (laughs) The monitor also offers HD video and photo and great night vision. There are also custom dual Ole Wolf speakers and a two-way microphone, which means that Miku not only plays great original sleep sounds and lullabies, but it allows you to talk to and comfort your baby, which is always kind of nice. So you can check this out at MikuCare.com. And if you use the promo code Family Tree 10. You're getting 10% off. This is available in the U.S. only. And again, that is MikuCare.com and Family Tree 10. Because no other monitor is a Miku.
1: But we are also supported by...
0: Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto.
1: Oh, my, my home away from home is Toronto. I used to commute there every day. Now I'm there two days a week, but... When I'm there, I'm always swinging by the mini mia shop and picking up stuff for our sweet daughters.
0: They believe in quality over quantity, and they make the best basics for your kids. I'm talking fashionable wardrobe staples that are soft, comfy, and timeless, and can be passed from child to child regardless of gender. Plus, they have a new women's collection. So this is the M&West collection. Gorgeous clothing. All right. And just like the kids clothes, everything is simple. Everything is ethical, sustainable, and it's made from French terry, keeping it like just light and cozy for the summertime. It's amazing. Plus, the organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. Mini Miosch is on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it, and they believe that every little bit counts. So you can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at mini miosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code, thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. This is a one-time use per customer, so make sure you fill your cart. It's available in Canada and in the US. And again, that is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. And now let's get to our interview with Donna. Dawn. Don, welcome to this Family Tree podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. And the timing, I have to say, could not be better because we are gearing up for our first family vacation of, for a family of four in like wow. less than a month. And Don, you wrote the book, Traveling Different Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse. Yes. So that comes out August 15th.
2: Available for pre-order now. Avail-
0: Perfect. And <laughs> I want to know, Don. So, this is a huge subject. I mean, the anxious, the inflexible, and the neurodiverse that is a huge group of little humans and big humans and, and, you know, situations. So, how did you get the information from this book? Did you interview people? Was it experience?
2: Yeah. Thank you for asking that. And thank you for having me on, by the way. I appreciate it. Uh, I have been a travel trade reporter for over 30 years. So I know my way around writing a travel story. And when I needed a book like this, say in 2007, 2008, one didn't exist. So I started writing it then. Uh, I started by interviewing people like Tony Atwood, who's very big in autism spectrum disorder, and Ellen Littman, who's very big in uh, ADHD, especially for girls. And then I kind of hit a wall, because I couldn't find a a resource of of places to uh, get interviews. And then when The IBCCES created the Certified Autism Travel Professional Program. I knew exactly how I wanted to write it because I knew I could interview all of them, and then they would turn me on to their their clients if their clients wanted to speak to me, and then there was so much more information available on the internet to quote Mm -hmm. as well and to delve in. So, yeah, this is the culmination of hundreds of interviews with mental health professionals, allies, advocates, uh, parents and travel professionals. Uh, But when you say the anxious and the inflexible, it's how large a category Mm -hmm. it is. It's huge because every child is anxious and inflexible when they're taken out of their (laughs) comfort zone. So I really feel that the special needs tips in this book can help any family.
0: Yeah, and like, I mean, anxious and inflexible, I'm only gonna say it because he's not here, but that is my husband also to a T, I would say when we are traveling. I'm incredibly loose, and uh, he likes to stick to more of a schedule, which, you know, makes things a little tough, but it's all right. You need one of each in a partnership, I think. But why do kids? Because, like, I- I've got two of them. I've traveled with my eldest. She's She'll be four in May. My youngest is a year and a half. And I we've traveled with our eldest a bunch. Like, before the pandemic, we got a ton of trips in. We started traveling with her uh, when she was eight weeks old, was her first plane trip. And then I think she had been on seven different plane rides, so like 14 trips before the pandemic. And she was an old pro, but even with her, as she got older, we began to run into anxiety and meltdowns. And what is it about traveling, about a plane ride that
2: makes kids nervous or anxious? Well, what you'll find is where we get really excited about, well, many of us get really excited about going on a trip. Mm -hmm. We have a sort of a frame of reference for all of that. Whereas for a child, they may not have a frame of reference. And this is true for neurotypical and neurodiverse children, but for neurodiverse children, it's even more critical because they need predictability and, and they count on that predictability. So it's important to Create that frame of reference for them if you haven't already. Now you had your child traveling from a very young age, which is wonderful because any of the special needs parents I spoke to that had done that, really the child had really progressed beautifully as they got older. It wasn't a problem to travel, but something might have happened along the way to your child where it became more anxious anxiety provoking. I don't know. But what I would say is there are things you can do to make it easier. Mm -hmm. And uh, is there anything new that's going to happen on this upcoming trip that she hasn't dealt with in the past?
0: Well, it's going to be her first trip since she's been like a young toddler. She's got a baby sister on this trip, and it's going to be the longest plane ride that she's taken. So it'll be a five-hour trip. You know, I have anxiety, I think, for the very first time. And I think that's going to rub off on her because it's been a while. It's my first trip uh, since the beginning of the pandemic and it's coming up at the NMA. But that in itself and because I have lupus and my youngest has lupus as well. So we've been playing it really safe throughout this entire time. And I I'm nervous about that rubbing off on her because they are so reactive and and kids, they see when mom and dad are maybe not feeling
2: so at ease. Yeah, absolutely. So what the tips that special needs parents would tell you, Mm -hmm. number one, electronics are your friend. Bring iPads, uh, bring anything you have to watch their favorite videos Mm -hmm. and bring a lot of them. Also- (laughs) uh, foods, their favorite foods that you can hand off as snacks. I mean, nothing huge because some airlines don't permit it, but you can check in advance. Uh, you should also explain what the procedure is. Now there are programs called wings for autism and other airlines run programs like this too, for children with special needs, where they can actually experience the airport and the whole procedure before they get on the plane.
0: So is that a website?
2: Well, Wings for Autism is a program, and it's uh, held several times a year pre-COVID. But it it, hopefully they'll start up again. There's also uh, an American Airlines program. I know JetBlue is very friendly with Mm -hmm. um, people on the spectrum, where you can call up and say, "Can we get a tour of the airport? Can we run through boarding?" Um, There's a program called TSA Cares, which will take extra care with children who are on the spectrum if you call them in advance or your certified autism travel professional calls them in advance who has arranged your whole trip because they are trained to do all this, the airport will be advised and aware that you have a child on the spectrum. And it's not for you, but it's for some of your listeners. What I would do along with, I just bring a lot of things to keep the child distracted. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, some new little prizes and toys that they haven't seen before that you can give out at various times during the trip. I'm very big on bribery.
0: Oh, I I love bribery, Don. I stand by bribery, and I hear a lot about how I shouldn't be bribing my kids, but you know what? It works every time. Every
2: damn time, it works. Yeah, I I I, I definitely believe deeply in it. I raised my children on bribery,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you know these are some of the things we can do to help. But I want to talk triggers and what some of the triggers may be. For kids, uh, whether they are neurodiverse or if they are just anxious and nervous to be traveling, what are some kids that, because I got to say like with my youngest, she's going through a developmental phase right now and she's very quick to cry and to tantrum right now. She's really kind of starting to express herself and I want to jump on those triggers in advance if I can.
2: Yeah, I would have to say because I wrote the book from the viewpoint of special needs, a lot of what triggers them are um, crowds mm-hmm. and noise yes, and sensory issues. So the, the noise that the plane might make is something that you should preview in advance, maybe with a video so they watch in advance and they understand that this is going to, there's going to be a period of noise and this is what it's going to feel like when you take off and explain this. There are also um, smells that they should be aware of. There's a definite smell. So you really want to not get a seat near the bathroom on a plane.
0: You know what? I might prefer the bathroom over somebody eating a lunch that isn't appetizing to me. I think yeah. that to me, there's no worse smell on a plane than somebody eating something that is just messy and saucy and just something that I'm not yeah. into because you can't escape it.
2: Sure. And a good reason to order a special meal on a plane in advance if, they ha- if they're if they offering meals. See, I grew up yes. in the time when you actually got food on planes. That's <laughs> not necessarily so true now. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: no, they're incredibly cheap now.
2: Yeah. So uh, I would... Also advise, again, coloring books, anything to keep them busy so they're not Mm -hmm. noticing what's going on. Uh, You might want to sit up front only because then there are fewer people to distract them in front of them. You know, the smells, the sounds. If you have different picture books that uh, have their favorite characters traveling, I list a a bunch of different picture books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you could uh have right read to them so their favorite characters are experiencing these things so they'll know oh you're gonna do it like they did it yeah you know anything you can do to explain the trip in advance make it clear what's going to happen show videos of what's going to happen would at least give them a frame of reference and some predictability so they can feel comfortable. Don,
0: what do you think parents do wrong in situations like this? Is there anything that we do where we think we are comforting our kid or helping them out or by bringing this thing or saving the day? And really, we might just be exacerbating the issue or just not contributing at all.
2: I think that the main problem people might have is that they don't Put themselves in the child's shoes, mm. and they don't think. I mean, uh, in the book there is a, a really great passage. It was a certified autism travel professional. Say, so what would you feel like? Imagine yourself. You're young. You haven't been to the airport, and suddenly you're seeing all these strange people taking things out of their carry-on bags, and they're putting them on conveyors, and they have to take off their shoes and. And they have to go through this machinery, and then there's a long wait, and there's bright lights and and just chaos all around. Mm-hmm. It, put yourself in that child's shoes, and be patient with them. And if they do meltdown, take them to a quiet area. And just be with them and, and not yell at them, but make them feel comfortable. Say, I can understand what you're going through. You know, I'm not used to this either. And it is really different from home. And, you know, maybe sit down and have a snack, but don't sit around worrying about what the other people around are thinking, because that's their problem. That's not your problem. You're, you have to be concerned with your child and just being there for them. Because I think one of the best things you can ever do is just make the child feel heard.
0: Yeah, and I want to touch on that because I remember when we were prepping for my daughter Lucy's very first flight ever, right? Eight weeks old. We're new parents. We're still getting the hang of it. Like, we don't know what the hell we're doing yet. And we take this tiny little thing like she was such a runt on the airplane and – I mean, I had been reading up on mommy blogs and those awful forums for weeks, right, before we take her. And I'm like, what do we do if our kid is crying? Like, how do I handle the judgment? Because to that point in my life, I had only ever been the you know, the tired person who wants to go and party and or is trying to get some sleep on the airplane or something. And then there's a no, an annoying kid tantruming or a baby crying. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, why did they take the same flight as me? Just feeling so entitled. And now I'm on the flip side, right? I'm the parent of that potentially crying, tantruming baby. And I kept seeing things online like, You know, bring little goodie bags and give them to the people close to you saying, oh, it's my first flight. Thanks for being patient and all these things. And I'm realizing now I I really think that it's, to put it succinctly, bullshit because you are as entitled as anybody else to take a flight with your kid. You're paying the price and you can go about it politely. But I don't think personally, and you might tell me wrong, but I, I don't think personally that you need to extend that far But what do we do in regards to other people? Because, I mean, at the age my kids are two, you don't don't really know if they are neurodiverse yet. This is typically the diagnostic age. So people might be dealing with kids that are a little bit extra sensitive in these situations. But what can we do?
2: You know, as I said to somebody else who asked me this. That's not my book. My book is about the parents. It's not about the people sitting next to your next to them. They, they bought their ticket knowing that they might end up with a, a seat next to a, a parent with a baby. Uh, but what one parent did was she did put together goodie bags
1: mm-hmm. and they had
2: chocolate in them and earphones and uh, earphones. Eye, an eye mask. And a little note explaining that their child had autism and what that means mm-hmm. and the fact that it's a sensory disorder in the case of that child and to be understanding because it's not a meltdown because the child is misbehaving it's a meltdown because of all the sensory input uh and people when they're asked to be uh empathetic tend to rise to the occasion yes you I know, so I, I I don't think you can be sitting there worrying about what the person next to you is going to do. I know I got on a flight when my son was probably under a year and we were coming back from the Caribbean and I was wearing a silk shirt and he promptly vomited all over it. <laughs> and I couldn't get up and change because the flight was about to take off. Um, so I sort of put my cardigan over it. Oh, no. And the, the woman next to me asked the flight attendant if she could move and then. And then my daughter started screaming on takeoff because her ears were hurting because, of course, we all have those those again, bring gum or bring whatever you can, Mm -hmm. because that's a very common issue. So my husband, I couldn't get up and comfort her. She was across the aisle from me. My husband, who's brilliant, took out um, crayons and the vomit bag and created barf bag theater. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And so he was just running this little puppet show. And the kids loved it. Yeah. And that, so that got in the book. Um, and he's always been good that way because what we try to always do, and along with bribery, our other key of great parenting is great parenting. I'm saying that <laughs> because my daughter's already writing a letter saying she was not a great parent, <laughs> um, as any child would. Of course. Using humor yes. always. Um, We were at a a rainforest cafe when they still had the rain. I don't know if they're around anymore, but they had puppets that you could get. uh, You could buy of different animals. And my husband went and got a shark puppet and my children were not great in restaurants. So he had the shark biting their noses, you know, and saying, Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Chomp, chomp, chomp. And that got them laughing too. So whenever we could sort of laugh at ourselves and make them laugh, Mm -hmm. that's always made life a little bit easier.
0: Absolutely. And it is so crucial. Last weekend, actually, we were coming home from a long car ride uh, from my parents' cottage. It's about four hours, but I was, I was tired. I'm the driver. The kids were yelling a lot. There was lots of whining. My husband had to do work on his phone. So I felt like I was alone on a weird island in the car. And just when I really started to get, I'm going to say grouchy. That's the nicest word I can find for it. Just when I started to get real grouchy, our daughter just threw up like the exorcist in the car (laughs) and... It was her first car throw up ever. She had never been motion sick, car sick, whatever before. And we had just finished eating a big, like gross lunch. She ate a full poutine. She's never had more than five French fries in one sitting before, never. And she ate so much poutine on this, this you know lunch stop we had. And it just all came up, every last little bit of it. And then my husband and I just kind of looked at each other And I was either going to blow a gasket or start laughing. And we started laughing. And that, it changed the mood. It changed everything. And then if you can, I think it is so important, like you said, if you can maintain just a sense of humor, just lightness, not only does it keep you at ease, and that is so important, it keeps the kids at ease. And if you want the kids to be in a good mood and not tantruming and behaving, Doing that is such a good way to influence that.
2: Absolutely. And you learned an important lesson. Always bring a separate set of clothing on a long car trip. Always bring wipes. No poutine. (laughs) No poutine. That's not in the book,
0: (laughs) but I agree with you. No poutine. (laughs) And now, I mean, my daughter, Lucy, she is very well-mannered when we go out. And she's, you know, every flight we've taken, except for one, she was an absolute dream. Mind you, I was breastfeeding on every flight. So it was really easy to kind of shut her up when she started to get upset. And that's actually the only reason I'm currently still breastfeeding my youngest is because I know we're going on vacation and I want to have that option because it does, it helps their ears and it's just an easy way to soothe her. And I I find it's more difficult for me anyway, when I don't have that option because I've relied on it for so long. Sure. But on this one flight, We're coming home from. Oh, Frank, where were we? I think we're coming home from Las Vegas. Great, oddly, a great place to go on a family vacation. And we're coming home from Vegas. No, it wasn't Vegas. It was Florida. We're coming home from Florida, and the plane got stuck on the tarmac. We had no air. It was hot as sin outside. There was no air conditioning, and we were stuck for two hours before takeoff. My baby is sweating. She is turning red. They want us to oh, stay gosh. in our seats. It was a nightmare situation. And then the second the plane started going, it was, it was just ruined, right? She was biting me. She, she had never done that to that point. She was hitting me. She was screaming. Nothing could calm her down the entire flight. She would not breastfeed. Nothing could calm her down. Poor and in thing. that situation... I don't, I don't know what to do, and I don't, I don't know how to handle it. Do you have any recommendations? Whether it's just a a young child tantruming or a neurodiverse child who is just having like a really extreme rough time.
2: Yeah, I've got to tell you that the book is dedicated to doing everything you can so that they never get to that point of a meltdown. But there's nothing you can really do to predict what's going to happen. In a situation like that when you're stuck on the tarmac I mean adults get upset so what how could we expect a child to to feel any differently mm-hmm. and if it's a tiny baby what can you do I didn't really write the book on with that viewpoint uh, of um like really really young babies because mm-hmm. there is very little you can do mm-hmm. because it's not like you can amuse them with videos because they're too young to really watch them I, I and it really is going to come down to your particular child. I think that that was a no-win situation.
0: You just, you just got to pray, I think, at a certain point.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't have – it's been 28 years since I had a baby. So. No, no. It,
0: it's totally fine. And you know what? I was just – I just kept telling myself like, hey, you know what? I feel the exact same as her. I just have yeah. a little more experience, I'd say. I've got 30 more years sure. of experience than she does. And I mean, if anybody ever wants to feel good about, you know, their kids tantrum on a plane, I say look at the news every day. There is an adult getting in trouble for starting a fight on the plane, doing something dumb on an airplane that they absolutely know that they didn't Mike Tyson just beat somebody up on a plane last week.
2: You know, I missed that. Did you say
0: (laughs) pretty sure Mike Tyson got yelled at by some guy on an airplane and then beat him up on the airplane? And these are adults,
2: and, and tempers are so high when masking yes. was required that it just added another layer of upset,
0: yeah. well, i I think regardless of what is happening, you know, there are so many layers now because just things are a little bit nuts in society, and people like to take that out on each other, regardless what of what the rules are, yeah, But I do want to talk about. Making kids physically comfortable, because there are a lot of scary sensations on an airplane, and I'm keeping these in mind with my youngest and her first flight coming up, like the sound, the
2: uh turbulence, things like that. Yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask about that, because I'm terrified when it's turbulent. <laughs> <laughs> my husband still has the, 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 the nail marks in his arm from when... The- <laughs> <laughs> With the plane, I'm awful on takeoff. I'm awful on landing, and I'm not too good at turbulence. And I've <laughs> I've flown around the world, and I I mean I was in travel my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've traveled around the world, and I still am nervous on a plane. So I wish I, I mean I would just tell them to I would prepare them by advising them that this could happen, mm-hmm. and maybe uh, if they've ever been on a roller coaster maybe equated to that you know the funny thing is that if you close your eyes in a car and and you're on a drive Mm -hmm. i find that that's just as bumpy usually as what's on the plane so and same thing on a train so really if they close their eyes and pretend that they're on the ground it's a similar sensation
0: that's actually a really good idea and i love that because my kids are too young of course to go on roller coasters but i think in prepping them for getting ready for train travel sorry for plane travel again take them on a ride on a country road say close yeah. your eyes this is what the airplane is going to feel like right and it's noisy inside the car not as noisy as an airplane maybe but it's noisy yeah and i think that's a really great way to kind of introduce that sensation
2: yeah again creating a frame of reference and some predictability so you can call you know call it call it back yeah during the the flight
0: And do you have any like quick hacks or products that you like to recommend to parents to assist them with making their kids comfortable or, you know, well-behaved during a, any kind of travel?
2: Well, one of the, you know, not necessarily that would calm them other than, you know, electronics, but I would look into if you have older children that can run away when your back is turned Mm. or get away from you in a crowd, always good to maybe sew a GPS tracker into their clothing and take a picture of them every morning in the clothes that they're wearing. So if they do get away, you'd be Mm -hmm. able to know exactly what they were wearing and show those pictures to the authorities. Yeah, And also make sure that the the name and address of your hotel and your phone number, the phone that you have with you on the trip is in their pocket or on them in some way. Some people write it on their arm and then cover it with liquid uh, bandage so that the sweat or the sun doesn't make it fade. Mm. Uh, so those are the sort of tips that I think are really important. Are uh, safety tips?
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I was just reading. Jeez, oh, and this is where my mind goes all the time because I just I read the depressing news every single day. But there was a case like 15 years ago where a little girl was on vacation with her family. She was three, and she got taken from the beach resort that her family was at in Portugal. And they've had nothing since. They they don't know if she's okay. They don't know if she is not okay. Just zero answers. And reading this article, I was reading this like two days ago, I'm thinking, oh my God, like I'm going with two kids. It's going to be chaotic. This is just obviously, it's a rare thing to happen, but it is a parent's worst nightmare. And I cannot imagine yes. if you had a parent who, uh, sorry, if you had a child who is a runner or gets spooked or likes to take off, that is really scary. But do yeah, how do the GPS things work? Like, could they be, my fear, I think, would be somebody else somehow getting GPS information and knowing where the kid is? Do you know how they work?
2: I don't know. No. I just know that when you buy them, you'll get the instructions. But I think you would have a sense of, that particular um you would probably be linked via an app Mm. on your Mm -hmm. phone to that particular gps and no one else would know how to get a hold of that
0: yeah
2: yeah Uh, but i I would yeah i would sew it into the clothes so that nobody else can get uh, a hold of it either like they can't you wouldn't want to hand it to the child Mm -hmm. you would want it in a way that can't drop out like in a pocket or something
0: I've got this. okay, so I was actually I, I lost my phone right before our interview Don. I is somewhere in my house but I have this. my husband got me and for any of the listeners, I know you can't see, but I'm holding up what is just like it looks like a black credit card. It's credit card sized. it slips in your wallet and I have little square versions of it also for my keychain and for other like purses I have. It's called tile.
2: Oh, I've heard of that. Yes.
0: It's what you're describing. So it's essentially a GPS device. It connects to my phone. And then, you know, so it's for me, I'm a very forgetful person. Like I lose everything. So if I don't know where my wallet is, it tells me like exactly where in my house it is. And it makes Mm -hmm. a noise. And same thing for my keychain. And I bet you can get these like little tile things to
2: put into clothes or into shoes or something. I would I don't know if you could put it in shoes maybe socks cuz shoes would be annoying for the child.
0: Oh they're quite small. You can get them really small.
2: I was thinking the tongue of a shoe like if oh, you could sew okay. it in there. Okay. Maybe. I mean I just think that people should have an a, an eye toward that sort of safety. I mm-hmm. think that they so if your child really runs you can get tethers. Okay. And that way, you know, like a, like a child, leash, right? Yeah, I hate that personally, but there are some people who <laughs> swear by them but like a harness because you don't want to lose your child uh, you know
0: i think a crowded place honestly again before having kids if i ever saw a child on a leash i would lose my mind internally and i just think that is hilarious that's ridiculous i would never put my child on a leash now that i'm a parent if i had a child who was prone to running or just if we were in a really crowded place i would have zero issue Putting my yeah. kid on a leash. Zero problem with that. I don't care. This yeah. child safety is the most important thing. Everything else is secondary, I think, in certain situations. And I want to ask you, Don, personally, best family vacation, worst family vacation.
2: Wow. Best family vacation. I we really like woodlock pines. And where is, and we where is went that? there. It's up in uh in the Poconos. I believe it's in Hawley, Pennsylvania, or okay. Homesdale, one of those. And they have lots of games that the entire family can play. And uh, like we really love board games, and it's a very competitive. Area. We're yeah. very competitive. So we would join with other families and we would nice. play against other families and there are families that go there every year for like their entire lives. They, they have a set weekend that they're all or set week. They're always there. So we really enjoyed that. But we've also, we took a cruise on the, um, the Epic Norwegian Epic, and we went to Europe Mm -hmm. and we, we had a blast. And one of the reasons was because they have Howl at the moon, which is a (laughs) dueling piano bar. And my husband is a really good piano player. And we became friends with the the band that played how at the moon and so they would call him up on stage every night and uh we got to know a lot of people that way and the kids n- got called up too because at that time my son had taught himself how to play dream on by aerosmith oh, and cool. he went on and he played it and he sang it and my daughter got up and was singing and we just we had a blast it was a great cruise and That's awesome. just as an aside uh, ncl is one of the major cruise lines that does have specific programs for people on the spectrum and special needs
0: all right tom we're gonna take a quick break and let our listeners know who we're supported by we are supported by true earth and if you listen to the podcast you know that shane and i have been trying to reduce our environmental footprint for like a while now We are
1: saving the planet every day
0: we are and we even had a conversation at about true earth tonight at the dinner table with my aunt
1: we did she she loves True Earth,
0: and she thinks that she got us on them, but we think we got her onto you it. You let
1: her believe that she got us on. Really, I got us on it.
0: It's true. It's
1: true, but yeah. you know. Don't lie to her.
0: We're all happy to be on it, and we talked about the same thing. We are all so happy with the fact that there is no single-use plastics being used for this. The... True Earth laundry detergent comes in soluble, pre-measured strips that you simply rip apart and throw in the machine. They come in small like paper packaging or a tin and it keeps things looking really tidy. Th-
1: to me, that is obviously not as important as saving the planet, but it's up there. <laughs> I mean, that laundry room's looking a lot cleaner and tidier. We have over a year's worth of strips. Yes. And it's just like we have like it takes up no space.
0: Literally a half inch of space. Yeah. It's incredible. And as a family who have kids with super sensitive skin, Betty has eczema. We usually go for the baby detergent because it's fragrance-free, gentle on everybody's skin, but it's still so tough on dirt. So our clothes come out smelling great and crispy clean. It's true. So check out True Earth Detergent at True.Earth and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 to get 10% off your order. You are going to love this product as much as we do, as much as my aunt does. Take my word for it. Again, that is True.Earth and ThisFamilyTree10.
1: But we are also supported by...
0: Bravado Designs. Bravado Designs makes the best nursing bras that you're going to find.
1: The breast bras ever. The
0: breast bras ever. They have... Of course, the nursing bras, which we know and love, they're so easy to get hooked on. They're practical. They're easy. And hooked they are on so- or clipped on? Oh, <laughs> there you go. And so What is it? Easy. I'm asking. It's
1: clips. clips.
0: They're clips. Yeah. yeah. They're clips. But then I was starting to doubt myself for a second. But they really are so easy to use and just so soft and like buttery comfortable. Just imagine like a butter bra on your chapped You're
1: making me hungry. Nips.
0: Right, it's nice.
1: Until you said chap nips and then I lost my (laughs) appetite.
0: But Bravado Designs also now has an everyday collection. These are bras with no clips, just everyday bras for, you know, after your nursing journey, before it, during it, if you don't want to wear a nursing bra. Again, the same quality, the same comfort, and you are going to love wearing it. So you can get the nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com, or you can head to the Canadian website for access to the everyday collection at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of which website you go to, use the promo code thisfamilytree20 for 20% off. Again, that is bravado designs.com and this family tree 20. And now let's get back to our interview with Dawn. Okay. I want to ask about that, about, you know, whether you'd recommend a cruise for a family with neurodiverse children, because I, oh, could, yes. I could see a cruise being a nightmare, but I've only been on once. So I I don't know enough about them, but why, why are they such a good option?
2: Uh, I have a whole chapter on cruises. I grew up cruising. My mother hated to fly. So we grew up cruising. So I was very happy to see that there are specific companies like Autism on the Seas that run programs specifically for people on the spectrum and their families. So you can be traveling with other families on the spectrum and their parents that will commiserate with you (laughs) and talk to you about what you're going through and exchange information. So you feel a little less isolated, Mm -hmm. but uh, cruise lines have de- dedicated themselves to, um, providing getting the training to help with special needs and neurodivergent children and providing, I ha- have a whole section just listing what Royal Caribbean offers. That's I amazing. mean, they even have a television station dev- devoted to, uh, programming to teach you about how to work with your child on the spectrum
0: is like, is that unique to cruises or, or would airplanes? Like, I know you mentioned that airports have programs, you know, pre-COVID yes. anyway, where you can bring your kids to the airport to get them accustomed to it. Yeah. But is it typical that like you're, you know, regular or somebody in the flight attendant team or on the the day-to-day people that you would run into on the cruise? I don't know what they'd be called. Would they have any training in that, in, in dealing it, with passengers?
2: The, they have been trained. Okay. These five major cruise lines have had extensive That's training, amazing. so they understand how to work. There are also hotels that are either autism friendly or certified autism centers. So one um, resort is beaches, which is renowned for being actually an advanced certified autism center. They have gone above and beyond to make families comfortable that are on the spectrum. And there are certified autism centers that are museums, that are water parks, that are zoos, that are aquariums. They're all listed there. Uh, as well as tours, there are camps that run programs for children on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. There are sports that are specifically therapeutic. And this was surprising to me that golf, that adaptive skiing, and also scuba, oh wow, are very therapeutic. And what was interesting to me about diving is I didn't think about it, but the children love the feeling of the compression, and the suits give you the ultimate ah. compression. And when they're underwater, Those that have issues with interacting with people don't have to worry about other people. Same (laughs) thing with horseback riding. When you're in equine therapy, you don't really deal with people. You're communicating with an animal and there's no judgment Mm -hmm. and it's easier. So there's a whole section on scuba.
0: See, I love this. And these are things that I wouldn't think of because scuba terrifies me. I would never do it. Horseback riding, I've done it. Did I enjoy it? Absolutely not, because I was fearing for my life every second of it. So I wouldn't think to do these things. And I, I think it is so crucial because, you know, our brains work differently. That That is the beauty of neurodivergence, right? Yeah. Yes. Is that their brain functions differently than, you know, ours might. And I love hearing these things. And I, I love these ideas because I, I think they are so incredible. And, you know, just again, what is so... Beautiful or calming for one person can be, like, I mean, for me, my worst nightmare. My worst nightmare is being in the bottom of the ocean in a scuba suit.
2: Yeah. No, I wouldn't go either. But (laughs) (laughs) for these... But I'm a coward in all things. Send so. the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but when I wasn't doing it from a very young age, and there are kids who were nonverbal who, after scuba for a while, started speaking,
0: that's amazing. And
2: I know there's like it is incredible. And also when you take golf is such a wonderful individual sport, even if you do it with four people, it's, you know, you're competing against yourself. And because it's something like practicing your swing is a repetitive, predictable motion that kids can get into if they're on the spectrum. Yeah. They like to repeat. It's the same reason they like trains and the movement of the wheels on the train because they understand it. Yeah. With golf, that's a vacation you can do all over the world. I w- and that's a vacation a nice- I would
0: actually love to do.
2: Yeah. And it's a bonding experience for you and your child. And there are courses that do have special programs for those with special needs.
0: That's incredible. That is so incredible. And you know, I want to ask, so is there a place or a type of vacation that you would not recommend to people neurodivergent or anxious travelers, or just a type of vacation that in your interviews with parents in these families that they kept saying, oh, this was a mistake. Don't do this
2: a lot of them didn't like bigger city vacations, uh, yeah. uh, especially if there are not autism friendly or certified autism centers where they can spend time. And so that they liked going to Alaska and seeing the wildlife oh, or awful. they like going to national parks and camping mm-hmm. and, and, and they seem to, they, the, 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 Not a lot of people complained and said this was the worst thing we ever did, but it tended to be where there was a crowded city, even though like I'll talk about Philadelphia and say there is if you're in Philadelphia and you can make the hotel work for you, if you can you know, follow the steps and and you can make it friendly. And I do talk about how to make a hotel room friendly and, Mm -hmm. and comfortable. There are so many different autism friendly and certified autism venues nearby within a day's drive or a couple of hours drive that you could spend a whole week there doing something different every day for the kids. Yeah,
0: that's But awesome.
2: if, if, if you're not going to spend time preparing the child and seeking out the hacks that will make things go well, any trip, no matter where you go, can be a disaster.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I can imagine.
2: It has to be child centric. And what I think is the heart of my book is a chapter toward the end that's all about special interest museums, because children on the spectrum can obsess about their favorite topic for up to 16 hours a day. There are things they absolutely adore. So I broke a lot of them down and said, okay, if your child loves dinosaurs, here are different places around the country Mm -hmm. where you can visit a dinosaur museum or an insect museum or somebody like the mustard museum and here is where you go but the thing is if you can make the trip child centric even if a lot of it is not autism friendly they'll remember that Mm -hmm. that you found their special interest and and you devoted time to exploring it with them.
0: No, I think I think that is awesome. And that is in again whether your kids are neurodivergent or not, I think if right. you are taking a family trip and it's not necessarily kid-centric because that it takes a lot. Like if you're saving up your family for one big vacation the parents need the break as much as the kids do, so you might not want to go and do something that's totally kid-centric. But to be able to do a few things that you know your kids are going to remember and appreciate, I yeah. think can make all the difference. It's like on this podcast, we talk a lot about the 10-minute miracle. And that is if your kid is going through a behavioral thing or, you know, just, just having a hard time with anything, really, if you give them 10 minutes completely, you know, away from everything else, away from any siblings, away from the other parent, not looking at your phone, not looking at a TV and playing exactly how they want to play for 10 minutes, it's not a lot that makes a huge difference in the day as a whole. So that doing one thing that they will absolutely love and that pertains exactly to their interests in the scope of a whole vacation, I think yeah. is like that on a macro scale. I think that's great.
2: yes. and also if you want to sort of get away uh, and have some private time, you can either travel with a a sitter mm-hmm. that will that's trained in special needs so that you can get out. A little bit and and explore. Or if you go to something like beaches or in a resort like that, they have kids clubs where they're trained to take care of children on the spectrum. And that gives you the the day to enjoy on your own too.
0: Yeah, that is fantastic. And I know on our vacation coming up, we're bringing my mother and she's going to watch the kids at night while my husband and I go out. But I mean, between having the kids there and between having, sorry, the, the kids and my mom I mean, it's not going to be romantic at all. It's as far from romance as we can get. So a kid's club, if you can go somewhere there where, you know, the babysitter doesn't have to sleep in the same area as you, that right. is awesome too. Um, but I mean, mom, if you're listening, I'm so grateful that you are coming. This is amazing. Yeah. But uh, Dawn, I want to thank you so much for coming on this show and talking to us about travel with Neurodivergent Kids and Where can people find you online? Where can they get your book? Tell us all of that.
2: Thank you. Yes. Um, My website is travelingdifferent.com and that's one L in traveling. And on there, there is um, a section where it tells you where to buy the book because you can buy it at any online retailer. The book comes out August 15th, but it is available for pre-order, except for the digital. The ebook won't be out until the 15th, but you can order the audio book or the hard cover. Amazing. And on travelingdifferent.com, I also have a blog that will be updating the book because things always change. And I I tell people on every podcast that if you do see my information and you say, oh, this is an autistic, autism-friendly resort or this is a certified autism center, take the time to phone them, Mm -hmm. ask them what that means because just because something's autistic Friendly for one doesn't mean it'll work for your child. Double check the addresses, double check the hours because somebody, there might be a museum that has a, a sensory friendly afternoon where it's low lighting and less crowds and quiet But it might only be offered one Saturday a month, and that might not be the Saturday you're there. So you really have to do your due diligence and double check everything. Mm -hmm. But I am updating on the blog what's in the book because of those changes.
0: No, I I think that's great. And yeah, thank you so much. That is such crucial work for so many families. And I know it's so appreciated. But Dawn, thank you for sharing everything with us today.
2: And it was very nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Nice to meet you and enjoy your vacation. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I hope we will <laughs> take care.
2: <laughs> Thank
1: you. Good one, Alex.
0: Thank you. Yeah. You know what? It, it gives me anxiety thinking about traveling with an anxious kid. But I don't even know that the kids are going to be anxious when we are traveling. Maybe anxiety? it's just me. But did I say it wrong again? No,
1: but that's a word you were criticizing. Genuine, genuine earlier.
0: My wire, Scott Crosby.
1: Anxiety is your thing.
0: Anxiety, I know, I know, my wires got crossed, but now, now I know.
1: Were you born in Canada?
0: Get out of here! But Shane, let's get to our question segment.
1: Okay, this is the question segment where we answer questions. Let's go.
0: How did building a family shape the relationship you have to yourself?
1: What you answer that?
0: Well, for me, I I think okay, you know, it teaches you things like selflessness, and I think the expanse of your love. If you want to get poetic. But for me, I really think that it helped me put things into perspective in regards to myself, like, all right, fuck caring about the cellulite, fuck caring about, you know, this aspect of yourself that you struggle with and you still care about those things. But for me, so much less. And then I think that I've just become more confident because I'm so needed and so loved by the kids and like, I don't want to place my confidence on them, but It did change that. Like it really affected that. Did it do that to you in any way?
1: I I think a big thing was caring less about things that mean less. Mm -hmm. So if I had a work project that let's say I would typically stress over for if it was a month away, I'd stress about it the whole month. Now it would be now it's like, why am I stressing over this? I have kids like you have no power over me. Weird work project. This thing has no power over me. Oh, someone's making fun of me. I have children. Yeah. I don't care. That's yeah. just my attitude or ethos. So I've told that to a couple people. Someone was like, ah, aren't you worried about that? And I always just say, I have kids. I don't care.
0: And are these usually people with kids that like uh, can meet you on some level of understanding or no?
1: I think it was just people thinking that I'd play into my normal right. live anxiety routine. That sometimes because I was like that before, people would think I'm still like that now. But I'm just way less worried about insignificant stuff because I have kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, that's what's important. This, this, I don't care.
0: Yeah. So you're Googling how to walk into a room and say hello less.
1: Yeah. And and why do I have to be the awkward guy? If there's an awkward silence, (laughs) guess what? You're awkward too. So let's let the other guy sit in silence.
0: I like it. It does take two to Django. Um, this The same listener actually wrote in another question because I think kids are starting to come up in this relationship. Uh, she said, do you miss your own time? And then in a fully other slide, she said, my boyfriend brought up kids and I'm freaking out a bit. So she just needs to get her nerves calmed. How many I children
1: think. did her boyfriend bring up? <laughs>
0: He's got a whole uh,
1: <laughs> colony. I have something to tell you. I've brought up kids.
0: By the way, sorry, that reminds me. And I've been wanting to tell you, we need to watch the documentary Our Father. Have you heard about this? No. Okay. So it's this doctor and I, I haven't seen it. So pardon me if I'm getting some things wrong. But I believe it's about this doctor who ran a um like an IVF clinic. And instead of inseminating women with their partner's sperm, he was using his own sperm in Mm. hundreds of pregnancies.
1: So he's a bit of a prankster.
0: Shane, it's bizarre. And everybody in this 25-mile radius in like Pennsylvania or something, anybody who went through IVF, they're all half siblings. Like it's nuts. I know, it's nuts. So sorry, talking about bringing up kids, that got me into it. But do you miss your own time? Asking me right now, I'm saying... Hell yes, because I'm exhausted and I would love the time to sleep. However, what I'm giving up from my own time is just so worth it. And then you just work it out with your partner when you want that time. What do you think?
1: Ah, I never felt like I had my own time. Anytime I'm in a relationship, I'm so codependent that I'm always on the other person's time anyway. Yeah. Like when we were in a relationship, I felt like not trapped but it's like <laughs> <laughs> i never had my own time
0: lovingly trapped
1: yeah if you know how it is if i'm ever saying oh i'm going out for a minute you're like Ugh. like i said i was having a shower today and you looked at me like that was bad well because like, i wanted a
0: shower too
1: then go have one Why i no? know but I.
0: I just hadn't, I hadn't gone to that point yet because I was doing something else and then I was like, ugh, but yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, i understand. throw on
1: Binky or whatever the hell the kids binky? watch on YouTube and for 15 minutes while you shower.
0: What's Binky?
1: It's some stupid thing on YouTube. It doesn't exist. I'm just making it up. Everything on YouTube just has a <laughs> weird title and it's like a fake show that children just love and the scientists at YouTube have figured out how mm-hmm. to get kids addicted to weird shows.
0: It's like that Simpsons episode where they make that toy, that perfect toy, and then it starts taking over the world. Remember that? They're like, it needs to be fuzzy and cute. And they go through all those things. They do that with YouTube.
1: Yeah, there's a thing on The Simpsons, too, where there's a really, like, a show that's just ridiculous. And it's like, I am the do, ba-ba-ba-doo. And it's... (laughs) I'm getting this wrong, but it's someone who's dressed like a Teletubby, and Homer's watching it, and he's just like, no wonder this show's so popular.
0: (laughs) See, I think that about Blue. I think Bluey's amazing, but it is so smart and so well-made. Bluey's
1: for everyone. Bluey's probably more appealing to parents than children, though.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, In our house, it is. Betty likes it, and I like it. Lucy's whatever. Uh, Do you think that high-profile court cases like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard should be kept private? just to be synced, absolutely, because the public opinion seems to be totally swaying the judge because these people have lived their entire lives in the public eye. It's not like some unknown person who's on trial for something. These people have incredibly hearty fan bases and people that would do anything. Like It's wild. And I think when people are so well-known, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that they've been live streaming it.
1: I am glad they are animals in a cage just for my own personal <laughs> entertainment, but I don't think it should happen. It's it's like you said, it's so biased. People, things are so in Johnny Depp's favor. It's similar to how refs officiate a game when the they're playing with the home team crowd because yeah. ref doesn't want to get booed. Even if mm-hmm. they're very good ref on a subconscious level, you don't want to be unpopular. So when people talk about the home advantage, it's not that the fans energize players so much that they play better. It's that they get a more beneficial call in their favor. And that is the home advantage. And with the judge, she wants to be liked. She wants to be cool. She wants to be popular. She doesn't want to get booed and have psychotic Johnny Depp fans showing up at her house. They would. They will find it. Johnny Depp fans are very similar to Michael Jackson fans. And
0: very similar to our Kelly fans.
1: I feel like even the R. Kelly fans have turned. There was too much evidence. J- Johnny fans would need that real smoking gun video. Do to, you think
0: one will come out eventually somehow?
1: You'd like to think it, if it existed, it would come out already. Yeah. Like it would have to be a real, like Amber's recording all these videos that have surfaced. I doubt mm-hmm. she'd save it. It would be very Climactic. cinematic yeah. though. <laughs> If she just released it on th- the last day.
0: Just like, bam, try to get your lawyers prepared for that.
1: Yeah. What Sorry, would, I said that yeah, terribly. Yeah, Johnny just naked with a like, machine gun. Like, I don't know.
0: That would be
2: pretty
1: <laughs>
0: horrific. Yeah. Um, Shane, this one's for you. What is the best thing about sharing a birthday with the daughter, with your daughter?
1: The connection, it feels so solid. It's, it's like, she's always my girl, but it's like, that's my daughter, you know? Mm-hmm. I just feel like we have some unbreakable bond. I feel like that with Betty too, but it just feels so perfect. I don't know.
0: Well, you were saying last week too, it kinda energizes like a re energized your birthday for you. And I think for her, she's excited. Like when we you know, we had a princess come. So we had um Rapunzel, a woman dressed up as Rapunzel, come and entertain the kids, and it was hilarious and adorable. And she was such a pro, and she did a whole coronation ceremony. But instead of just giving Lucy a crown, she did this whole like you know pledge of allegiance with Shane and Lucy, and then made Shane a king and made Lucy a princess, which she's now taking so seriously. And she gave you both tiaras, and I think Lucy loves doing that kind of thing with you. It's like you guys get to enjoy the birthday from the same perspective together. And I think even though she's really young, she gets that.
1: Mm -hmm. Although she was supposed to do face painting. And then, so I felt like without the face painting, she was kind of winging it a little bit. Like she did this presentation then she just sits down and she's like, so what do you kids want to (laughs) do?
0: Who wants to play tag? And they're
1: just like, (laughs) chase you. She's like, all right. She just gets up, boots it. She was fast. I couldn't have caught this woman. It
0: was so hot on that day too. And she's in, you know what the Rapunzel dress looks like? It's full length sleeves all the way to the bottom. There's layers and layers of tulle. And this woman is sprinting around the backyard while 10 four-year-olds chase her and try to like tackle her. I don't know. And then your
1: brother, he's kind of a funny guy. So he's really into it. And he's yelling, get her. (laughs) And she was legitimately scared she did not want the kids to touch her so she was deking them out she would not let them win it was interesting but she had to just play jazz for about 40 minutes once her 20 minutes of like normal opening routine well stuff if something
0: off. got lost in communication because the original person i spoke to to book her they were like okay you know and we'll have the princess bring makeup and she'll do makeup with all the kids and i said oh you know i don't know if like you guys know how i feel about that and feel about makeup and Everything. So that was tough for me. So I was like, you know what? Can we not do makeup? And they were like, oh, are there little boys at the party? And then I got my back up and I was like, well, if there were, maybe they would like their makeup done too. But no, I'd prefer, you know, maybe something else. And they said, well, how about face painting? And I was like, that's amazing. But then nobody told poor Rapunzel this. So she prepped for the makeup. And then I was like, oh, how about not makeup? And she said, I didn't bring anything else. Maybe if I had known, face painting would have been a good option. And I was like, yeah, no kidding. But she did have nail polish. So she did nail polish with the kids, which was hilarious and like adorable. And the kids took it super seriously.
1: Yeah, because face painting would have saved her a little bit because that would eat up a lot of time. Yeah. And then she took a lot of our pizza at the end. Well, we, we offered it to her, but she took half a
0: Well, after being pizza. chased for 20 minutes. Yeah, she
1: needed it. A hungry
0: mob. Uh, next question. If you were single, would you consider having a relationship with someone that had an affair in their marriage? So if they committed the affair.
1: Yeah, why not? Because I like to think I'm special and I can tame these women.
0: (laughs) But do you think any part of you, would you be like, oh, maybe she would do the same thing to me?
1: Well, they say you lose them how you got them.
0: Yeah, but if you didn't get her through the affair... You know what I mean? So it's like she had already had the affair, dealt with this maybe two years ago, and then you meet her when you're just both single.
1: Who knows the circumstances behind the affair in this hypothetical scenario? (laughs) So it does depend on the story of the affair. But, yeah, I like to think if I'm in love, I'm in love. I can't help who I love.
0: Yeah. And then you hope they change. That's what you're saying, right? You hope that they just wouldn't do the same thing to you.
1: I just feel like no one would do that to me. I have this feeling that like people wouldn't do that to me. I don't know.
0: <laughs> you know, I I feel the same way as you in that, like, I could change you. I'll fix you. You can't do that to me. You know, you're going to love me too much. But it would always be, like, a little bit nagging. Maybe. Yes. Because in a marriage, it's different than, I think, cheating while you're dating. I think that's, like, kind of significant. But I don't know. Probably the same as you. But... um, last question for the night so there was a post put out by calvin klein last week i didn't see it it featured all different types it was like titled the new types of family or something and it featured all different people that weren't your typical looking family you know um so there was among the pictures a trans man who was pregnant so because him and his wife right we're gonna have a baby and he decided to be the one to carry. So the comments underneath are just so hateful and so like awful. Uh, So this person said, if you look at those comments and see all the hate, why do you think people care so much? And do you ever think that we'll live in a world where people don't feel the need to comment rude and judgy things?
1: I think the people who are making the comments they feel like they're outcasts in some way so they're lashing out and feel it comforts them to lash out at someone else because maybe they feel like they're outcasts or have no power in their own life people who make these comments are usually very insecure people yeah right it's like it's like people who cheat Yeah, usually there's a large insecure factor going on so hurt people hurt people all that that's that's my answer it might be oversimplifying it obviously how you're raised and what you're surrounded by is a huge factor too if you're if you grew up in a very racist hate-filled town i'd like to think you can transcend it not be racist or hate-filled but the your higher likelihood to be that way because the power of influence and being raised it can just take you over so that that's what i think i don't know but that's Mm -hmm well my guess
0: no i agree I, I think that as long as people feel anonymous on the internet
1: oh that is so important they're, they're gonna people.
0: do yes. that like nobody's going up and saying anything and if they are that's like a next level type person but i think that as long as people feel that anonymity they're going to continue to be hate-filled and they're gonna be happy to spew that online
1: but i don't just think it's anonymity it's The people who check all the boxes that I was (laughs) listing earlier mixed with being anonymous is what causes it, not merely being anonymous.
0: No, 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 exactly. Because anonymity doesn't, you know, give you hate. It's all of that plus that.
1: Yes, because people don't want to lose their jobs, their livelihood. Yeah. Staying, you know, keeping a roof over people's heads is usually more important than being mean online.
0: Yeah. And the this question kind of folded into another one saying, Do you think that Instagram would be better if comments were removed completely? And you know, considering we've sometimes had like comment wars and things like that on our page. But I think that there can be great dialogue in comments and there can be, you know, opportunities for learning and for compassion and for empathy. But are most people taking those chances? No. However, Just take I
1: th- away the anonymous
0: you take away the anonymous accounts i like yeah, that it's like
1: facebook d- did a pretty good job at no one can have an anonymous account
0: yeah i think that's awesome because i i think ultimately conversation is good because it allows people to connect like i think of all the great things i see and all the people connecting in comments especially like in the motherhood family world so it would be a shame to lose that aspect i think
1: and i like to know the evil out there
0: yeah keep tabs on it
1: yeah let's live in reality
0: I like it But Shaney boy That's all we got
1: Okay Thank you so much For listening to This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast, Podcast
0: Episode 130